The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I suppose you can call this one the quick hitter Thursday edition of Fantasy NBA Today. We got a short card to recap. The look-aheads have become largely irrelevant at this point of the season. And then tomorrow is our last in-season episode for this 2020-2021 COVID campaign. I said it, I think, either yesterday or the day before, that it, every day I want to start the show like, hey, we can bid farewell to the COVID campaign. I honestly have no idea what the future is going to look like. However, I will say... Now, right before going on air, the CDC did issue an order that if you're vaccinated, you can basically just go back to life as normal now, which is pretty remarkable. Pretty remarkable. I guess all that means, thinking out loud on a podcast here, is that they believe enough people are now vaccinated where the risk of folks in environments is relatively low. There just aren't that many people that could possibly be passing the virus along around you. So we're getting there, folks. We're getting there. Um, great job, everyone. Great job. It's been a very weird year. Very weird basketball year. Very weird just gen- year in general. I would beg of all of you to please listen to all of my words before you take something I say and pull it dramatically out of context. I'm just stewing... If you guys don't think that I, that I read the reviews of the podcast, I always do. And if you guys have something in a review of the podcast that is constructive, I'll often look into it. I mean, early on in this show, and this, <laughs> this is an irony to what I'm about to do. Early on, when I started this podcast, like four years ago, there were a lot of folks that were like, Dan, you got to get to this stuff quicker. You got to get to the fantasy stuff quicker. And I had these like eight-minute intros where I was talking about God knows what. I think it was because I had just had a kid. And so I was just lost in space. I needed like five to six minutes to wake myself up on air. I don't need that anymore. I can launch into whatever the daily topics are, which is usually telling you guys what's coming up on the pod. That's usually the opening part. You know, I had other folks that were like, Dan, talk more about uh, points league. So I've tried to slip some points league stuff into the show. Not a ton, but enough. A little bit more every year. But then when folks post something that clearly shows they weren't actually listening... That just kills me because those one-star reviews, they stay there forever. And it's based on a fabrication. Anyway, um, it seems silly for me to spend a bunch of time complaining about that when I just said that I'm better at launching into the fantasy stuff. But today's show is going to be pretty darn short. So whatever. This is like the, hey, you get to still listen to Dan for 25, 30 minutes, even if he's not talking about fantasy the whole time. Someone seemed to think that my remember last week or two weeks ago I was talking about Zach Levine on air and I was like hey I wonder if his COVID lack of vaccine basically I wonder if that caused any rift in in the clubhouse or locker room sorry I get my sport changing areas mishmashed every once in a while it's clubhouse and baseball it's a locker room and basketball whatever same difference and someone seemed to interpret that as me, as the vaccine police. Man, dude, if you're still listening to this podcast, go back and listen to those shows, man. You took like two words out of a five-paragraph discussion I was having, and you glommed onto them. You're like, Dan, get your facts straight. 
You guys can go read the review, accusing me of not understanding why someone would not get the vaccine. I'm sure there are reasons. I don't agree with them. So listen to the whole discussion, man. All I was saying was, look, for whatever reason, whatever it might be, this is what I said two weeks ago, almost verbatim. I said, look, I would get it. I did. I think it's for the best. But that wasn't my point of discussion. I think I even said that. My point of that discussion was, hey, I wonder if anybody on the, in the, on the team was upset about it. Could it cause a clubhouse rift? That was the question. How is that question me as the vaccine police? Please, dude, go back and listen to it. I beg of you. Because to drop a one-star review on a podcast for something you misheard is pretty rough on me. I do this damn thing for free every day for four freaking years, man. I pour my heart and soul into this stinking podcast. And you clobber me for something I didn't even say? That sucks. That sucks. Give me a three-star at least. Fine. Maybe you don't even want to hear my, hey, what about this discussion? Sheesh. Anyway, welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. Everybody else, the rest of y'all are welcome. I'm Dan Vespers. This is a hoopball presentation. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Vespers. Apologies for the beginning of the show rant. I just, like, there are other ones that have popped up in the past where I was like, oh, yeah, I probably did that. I think there was one that was like, you guys talked about nothing for 20 minutes. I'm like, yeah, you know what? That dude's right. I earned that one-star review. (laughs) I earned it, and I got better. I got better because I did do something wrong. It still seems crazy to get... To, to go drop a one-star review after listening to one episode of a podcast and sit, thinking, this guy didn't talk about fantasy quick enough. But that's what's going to happen today, because I did it again. I see the irony in that. Whether it's funny or not, I guess is up to you guys. Uh, so we got a short Wednesday to recap. Let's just dive through, kind of barrel into that stuff. Let's get you in and out and on with your day, because we are in, we're officially in stat hunting mode now, and every single player on your free agent wire is worth exploring so i can't really tell you who the guy is for your team every player that's a free agent right now has some possible zone of value for example washington lost at atlanta yesterday is another close one atlanta was able to pull ahead late names that might pop up on your wire from this particular matchup not many on the hawk side by the way Gallo might be floating on the wire, and he didn't shoot any free throws again, but he's a guy you target if you want to try to catch lightning in a bottle and get a few free throws. You hope someone goes, you hope he goes four for four. That's what you're shooting for there. On the Washington side, kind of the same story with Aul Neto with Bradley Beal out, who might be back in their next ballgame. We still don't know for sure. But Neto has shown himself to be kind of a low turnover, high free throw percent. Not doing a ton else. Doesn't really take the three-pointer, actually. So his field goal percent has been okay also because of that. Wizards still two and a half games up on the Bulls. So that all that stuff is all cooked in at this point. Um, Alex Len. There's actually an avenue there where if you need a block, maybe a couple rebounds. Generally better field goal percent, although not not stellar in this ballgame. Not going to help you in free throws. Like There's a thing for everybody. Daniel Gafford. Field goal percent, some blocks, Davis Bertans, three-pointers. The list goes on and on. Rui, some scoring and rebounding. I don't think I would do the Ish Smith route, but I guess you could go there if you wanted, like, four assists in a ball game. And that's kind of where we're at right now. So this show would be, even by my accounts, real boring. 
I'm not going to go through every single player on these lists, although we'll try to kind of lightning round our way through a little bit because that's really where we're at right now. San Antonio, blech. I don't even think I would stream anybody on that team. Brooklyn got James Harden back. Kyrie sat out that ball game last night. Harden played 26 minutes in his return, and he was excellent. 18-7 and 11, three threes, two steals, two blocks. Missed free throws? Weird. KD played 29 minutes on the second half of a back-to-back. That was an interesting surprise, but they really want to get their guys some time together. I believe their new big three whatever you want to call these guys, has only played together eight games so far this year, and they're hoping to get, get that up to nine or ten over the weekend. That's where they're at. So, like, they're going to they're gonna play them. Assuming all three guys do play in the upcoming games for Brooklyn, they've got a back-to-back Saturday, Sunday. I'm going to assume that all three guys play in both, actually, because I think they're more interested in getting those dudes two games on the floor together than getting them another rest day. Assuming they all play on Saturday and Sunday, I wouldn't go anywhere beyond those three guys because Harden will be back into the starting lineup, which is going to render Mike James, and because Kyrie coming back as well, James and Shamit are both going to be bumped. Bruce Brown started technically at small forward in this game, and I guess that could happen again. But Joe Harris was also out, so if he's back, then he would probably be the small forward. Um... So, uh, and then center, you got a multi-man rotation. Blake Griffin is kind of your do-we-need-offense type. Nick Claxton's been more of the defensive center. So there's there's a streaming direction you could go with those two guys. Need a couple of assists, maybe a three-ball out of your center. You go the Blake route, and you need field goal percent, you go the Nick Claxton route. So that's that's in there, and then you just hope that Claxton doesn't take any free throws. But mostly... You're looking at the big three now. Boston lost in Cleveland. Things are not looking great for the Celtics. It's been a rough year for them. COVID outbreak, Brown hurt. It's got it all. They're a 500 team with two games to go. I get the feeling they'd like to end the season above 500. It's one of those little things. But at this point, they're locked into the play-in tournament. So there's the other side of that coin, which is how much do they care about their remaining two games? Yeesh. That's rough, man. You could point to the Lakers on the other side, but they're 40 and 30, and they lost both of their superstars for months. Celtics didn't really have those months thing. They just never really got the pieces together. They've been terrible on the road, too. Bad timing, COVID, all that stuff, it all rolls together into this. So uh, this is what the Celtics look like right now, minus Marcus Smart. Jason Tatum going to take a crap ton of shots. Evan Fournier is going to take a ton of shots. Those guys are good to go. Tristan Thompson is filling in at center for the Time Lord, Robert Williams. So he's a a stream if you need some rebounding. It's about all you're going to get out of him there and then hope he doesn't hurt you in any other stuff. Um, If Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart happen to miss any more games at the same time, you could go the Peyton Pritchard route, but I'm not going to venture down that path and... I think the reason is because those guys probably aren't going to be out at the same time again. On the Cleveland side, Kevin Love. Out of nowhere. I mean, really out of nowhere. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't really know what to make of this. Um, this was maybe his best game of the season. 30-14 and 14 with six threes. He was aggressive. 14 rebounds was really nice. I mean, we know he's a good rebounder. He, he's, looked, he's looked a bit out of shape so far this year. So there's a possibility that maybe that's starting to come around a little bit. Still no Darius Garland. 
Still no Jetty Osman on the Cavs side, and that does factor into how we got to this point. So Colin Sexton, his usage is going to be through the roof as long as those two guys, Osman and Garland, are out. It seems like with those two guys out, Isaac Okoro has found himself a path to some value here down the stretch. Got to be okay with the fact that his field goal percent is not going to be very good. He's not a great free throw shooter yet. And then on the Kevin Love front, there's there's a very real question as to what to do with that. I mean, he, their last two games are Friday-Sunday, so, like, uh, he might play in both of them. This guy's missed so many games this year that you start to think, maybe he'll just play. Maybe he's trying to rehabilitate his value for an off-season trade. This still seems a hard contract to move. But he's got to show that he can stay on the floor. So I think Kevin Love probably plays. I think you got to wait on the injury report. But if you find out that Osman and Garland are going to miss the last two games, you go Okoro as the fourth guy you could start on this team behind, of course, Sexton Love and Jared Allen. Pelicans got blown out by the Mavs. Kind of had a feeling that Luka Doncic was going to be pissed after the Mavs got run by the Grizz in their previous ballgame. And Luka was very good. 33-8-8 with seven three-pointers. Tim Hardaway Jr. has been great as a starter. KP was back. Played 22 minutes as the starting power forward. And Dwight Powell, the story on the Mavs side, kept the starting job. Played 30 minutes. Maxi Kleba played 19 off the bench and hurt himself late in the ballgame. So it wasn't like this really impacted the minutes all that much, maybe four or five at most. Josh Richardson has been relegated to distant wing duty. So they've definitely leaned hard to the Tim Hardaway side. I, I, So, yeah, I mean, you finally now, and Dorian Finney-Smith is sort of the odd man out with Hardaway taking all those shots and Porzingis back. But you almost have five starters you could go with in Dallas. That's kind of neat. I wish they would have thought about that before the last week of the season. For the Pelicans, not a lot shifts here. Uh, Najee Marshall hurt his shoulder, so that frees up even more minutes. Nikhil Alexander-Walker had a terrible shooting game, but he should be better in the next one. I think you can use him down the stretch. James Johnson you could probably use down the stretch. Willie Hernan Gomez, Jackson Hayes, those guys splitting the center minutes, and both continue to be useful for their respective reasons. <sighs> Eric Bledsoe, boy... Yeah, go for it. Ugh. I mean, it's gross, though. Like, you could make a very reasonable argument not to start Bledsoe, not to start James Johnson, because it's time to just sit the veterans. It's time, New Orleans. It's time. Give Kira Lewis a longer look. Let Nikhil Alexander-Walker play 36 minutes and chuck. It doesn't matter anymore. Who's above the cut line for me on this team? Hayes. He's been very good lately. Provided Steven Adams doesn't come back, which it seems like he probably won't at this point. Willie Hernan Gomez, he's good for his 8-10 to 10 rebounds nightly, pretty much. He'll, he'll probably shoot 55-60% to 60% most games as well. He's just right around the rim. Um, I like James Johnson with no Ingram and no Zion. I, I get the feeling they're, they're starting to phase him out a little bit. I might let it ride for one more ballgame just to see. He's, he's barely above it. Uh, nah, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he's definitely above it right now. And then Bledsoe much like James Johnson is kind of right near the cut line. Portland beat Utah 105-98, got big games from their two guards. Dame, 30, CJ, 26. Mello, he got hot off the bench again, and that's been happening this year for them. Uh, And Nurk could not deal with Rudy Gobert 
on the offensive side, but definitely held his own on the defensive side with 15 rebounds, three steals, and four blocks. And uh, we have officially seen the changing of the guard. Ennis Cantor has been rendered relatively useless now. Nothing as usual on the Jazz side. Houston and L.A. Lakers benched their superstars and barely squeaked by in this ballgame despite shooting 57%. It is not entirely clear how this game was as close as it was. The three-point line being a pretty big difference maker. Rockets had 11 additional threes compared to the Lakers side. Sounds like LeBron and AD are both going to give it a go this weekend, so I wouldn't even read into the Lakers side of the ledger. Drummond, Kuz... Taylor Horton, Tucker, all of these guys that had decent games here, they're all they're all cooked when AD and Braun are back. The only one of these dudes that might hang out above the cut line would probably be KCP because he does things that those guys don't do, which is space the floor and get steals. And even that, that's very much a stat-targeting move. Houston's side is certainly the more interesting one here because I don't think anything's changing for this team down the stretch. I mean, we're down the stretch now. I should say down these last... Sheesh, four days. Four days left in the regular season at this point. So Kelly Olynyk, all systems go. He's just been one of the best players in fantasy since the trade deadline. K.J. Martin, all systems go. And then you get into this tiered stuff, which I don't think changed all that much. Jay Sean Tate had a weirdly bad ball game, uh, but I think we can forgive him that. He's pretty much locked into starters minutes for the most part. Uh, so he's part of the, he's the third tier Probably alongside Armani Brooks, who's going to get his three-pointers up and going to get his rebounds. And then Karai Thomas is the tier right behind him. He had 11 assists but couldn't shoot in that ballgame yesterday, kind of playing a little bit of a de facto point guard. And then Anthony Lamb is, and uh, when he plays, Daquan Jeffries were sort of in the tier beyond those guys. Hopefully you guys followed what I just said. I know... A lot of names mixed in there. So Olenek, KJ Martin, those guys are the obvious goes. Tate is right behind them. He's in Tier 2. Brooks is in Tier 2B. Thomas probably Tier 2C or even Tier 3. And then everybody else is down beyond that. That's the very short Wednesday recap. There just wasn't a, Again, there just wasn't a whole lot to build off of. Um, Thursday look-ahead is, as it's been built entirely on injury reporting, of which the stuff you're watching out for, Milwaukee at Indiana, are the Bucks going to sit anybody down? They should. They should. Bucks are game and a half back of the nets. I don't, do they really care about getting up to the two seed? I don't know that I would. I think the Bucks would prefer to avoid the heat in the first round, if at all possible. So maybe they're trying to get up to the two to get the battered Celtics or Hornets or someone like that in the first round. Maybe that's why they're playing their guys. Seems dumb, though. Seems like rest would be more important at this point. I still think Bobby Portis is going to have something to do here down the stretch. Indiana, we we sort of know what they are. No no changes there other than whether or not Malcolm Brogdon re-emerges here at some point. Orlando, the center rotation... First it was Bamba in with no Wendell Carter Jr., then they flip-flopped. It's the Moes for me when that team is healthy. Mo Wagner being the other one. Hawks, nothing. Philly, a lot of guys questionable for that one. Joel Embiid questionable. And that's certainly the big one. For Miami, Victor Oladipo's out for the season, but nobody cared because we all kind of assumed that was the case anyway. So just keep doing what you've been doing with the Heat. Spurs, nothing. Knicks, nothing. Kings, 
Still sounds like nobody's coming back yet. Barnes, Fox, Halliburton, those guys all stay out. So stick with the DeLon Wright, Terrence Davis, Rashawn Holmes. Those guys are relatively straightforward starts these days. King's been beating up on the uh, the Thunder lately. Buddy Heald, he's a go. I think I'd go beyond that, though. That feels dicey to get into the May 2s and Mo Harklesses of the, uh, of the world. Uh, Grizzlies, JV, sounds like he's probable. I think he's listed as questionable, but Coach Jenkins noted that he was expecting JV to only have to miss that one game for his sore back, and then they just... They whipped up on Dallas anyway. So, uh, presuming JV's back, you get Xavier Tillman out of your lineups. Denver, we're still watching to see if they change anything up there. It seems like they've gone to the Austin Rivers small ball. Not small ball, I guess, because Jokic is still in there. But Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., Austin Rivers, Facundo Campazzo, the other four guys next to Jokic. That is not quite the lineup that they thought they'd be trotting out. Should be a good ball game, I think. Minnesota's been playing well. On the Denver side, I'm still waiting to see if a guy like Jermichael Green or Paul Millsap can carve out 25 to 30 minutes. It's not looking like it, and we're running out of time, so it probably is going to end up in a big fat who cares. Toronto, they have pivoted. We talked about that a couple days ago, but it's worth repeating here. Malachi Flynn is a go. Kem Birch, Chris Boucher are goes. Gary Trent is a go. And beyond that, you're really specialist hunting. At this point, Freddie Gillespie, should you need something like a couple of rebounds and a couple of blocks? He had seven rebounds, three blocks in their last ball game. DeAndre Bembry, if you're not worried about free throw percent and you need two steals, he'll probably get you two steals. That's as far as I'd go. That, uh, even in terms of specialists, I wouldn't go any farther than that. that. Once you get to Watanabe and Stanley Johnson and those guys, you're... You're kind of asking for trouble. Chicago, it's really just four main dudes. The only stream-level guy is Daniel Tice, and that's if you're looking for about nine points and six rebounds. Maybe a steal or a block, and hopefully okay percentages. Bulls favored by 11, by the way. That's how how much Toronto's gone into the tank. Portland, nothing. Phoenix, nothing now that Jay Crowder's back. And uh, that's your look ahead. And so we'll keep this one on the relatively short side. I would ask everybody once again to continue. Please continue listening to the podcast during the off season. We'll have a nice season ender tomorrow to wrap things up as we sort of look through the weekend and then look into the following week. Tomorrow's show is really going to be about a sort of congratulatory, we made it type of podcast. It will not be a typical 65, 70-minute weekend episode. And we'll preview... Just give a little bit of a look-see tomorrow towards what we're going to be doing as the offseason begins. Remember, this podcast does not take a break. We go right into the offseason, five shows a week, just like we do during the basketball season. I hope you guys will stick us stick with us for that. Shout-out to mybookie.ag and manscaped.com for carrying us through this season as our primary sponsors on the podcast. Expecting to get one partner back that we had had as a sponsor late last year in the uh, late fall, early winter. So that'll be exciting here in the next couple of weeks, I think. And other than that, just a nice short Thursday show. Get in, get out, get on with your life. Apologies for the rant at the beginning. I just, man, those reviews, they stay with you forever. So please, dude, I know I called you out a little bit. That's probably not the best way to get someone to change their mind on anything. But please, if you're going to drop a negative review on a pod, really listen to the words 
that I'm saying before you do it. Because I didn't say the things you thought I said. Oh, boy. That's this show. It's a Thursday show where Dan's upset about getting one negative review. So please, um, yeah, I, I sound like such a whiny little sensitive you-know-what. But I really, I promise you I'm not. If you have thoughts about the podcast, I welcome them. You can tweet them at me, at Dan Bespris. I'm always looking to add some more things. I might even add more shows next year. There's a lot of stuff I'm trying to do. More guests, more shows. Uh, I want to put a little bit more of my my butt cheeks into this podcast. But I ramble, I ramble. We're still going, still season time here for a couple more days. Four days to go. Good luck tonight. Enjoy it. We'll wrap things up tomorrow. And then into the offseason we go. I'm Dan Vespers for Fantasy NBA Today, a hoopball presentation. So long, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a hoopball presentation.